0: We'll hear argument next, number 98, 184, Wyoming versus Sandra Houghton. Mr. Reherick, am I pronouncing your name
1: correctly? Reherick, Your Honor. Reherick, very well. Would you proceed? Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court, the question presented in this case is whether the scope of a search under the automobile exception extends to the personal belongings of a passenger when police have developed probable cause to search a private vehicle generally but have no probable cause specific to the passenger or her belongings. Under United States versus Ross, a search of an automobile based on probable cause extends to every part of the vehicle and its contents that may conceal the object of the search. The officer here had probable cause to search the entire vehicle and its contents because he had reason to believe the vehicle was transporting contraband and that it could be concealed anywhere inside the vehicle. Once probable cause is established to search the entire vehicle, that probable cause extends to every plausible repository of the object of the search.
2: Am I right that in, in Ross the reason, the, 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 the source, if you will, of the probable cause uh, was uh, was information about, I guess it was the driver of the car, one person anyway? That's correct. So correct. Ross did not have the issue in it that we have here.
1: That's true. Neither Ross nor Carroll nor Acevedo nor other cases from this Court on the automobile exception. The precise question involved here, of course, involves the passenger's personal belongings when there isn't specific probable cause. However, I feel that Ross still controls the outcome of this case because the rule announced in Ross uh, covers this kind of situation and many, many other kinds of situations. Well,
0: Ross was an effort to get, get over, in effect, Sanders and Chadwick and some of those cases that just parsed the thing down
1: to a fair the well, wasn't it? It absolutely was, Mr. Chief Justice, and it was also a way to allow officers to know what the extent of their legal authority was. And in that regard, it was also a way to let citizens know what the extent of their rights were.
3: If this passenger, when she was told to exit the vehicle by the police, clutched her bag with her, then is, is that the dividing line that could the police, not having suspicion relating to her but relating to the driver who had the syringe in his pocket, could the police say, that was in the vehicle, therefore I can search it?
1: Justice Ginsburg, um, there's two responses to that. First, that item, the purse, is a plausible repository of the contraband that was being searched for here. And it was inside the place where the probable cause attached. In view of that, I think, yes, even if the passenger had picked up her purse and taken it outside with her, the officer would have been within his authority to have her put it back in the car or, alternatively, to tell her not to... Take, pick it up and take it out of the car. In the
4: could, could he then go on to search the person?
1: No, Your Honor. DiRae teaches us that a search of the person is going to require the individualized probable cause that respondent wants to see attached to the purse.
4: If, if DiRae is a given, if it's the law that you can't search the person, uh, then why is it that we can search the purse?
1: Your Honor, I think— There's a dividing line here that's probably based more on actual practice and common sense than anything else, but I would argue that the line should be drawn at articles of clothing that are actually being worn by the person getting out of the car. If there's a search of an item of clothing, that amounts to a search of the person. However, any other object that might be inside the car when probable cause is established Picked up and taken out of the car, even if it's an item of clothing, ought to be subject to search by the officer because, again, it's at the place when probable cause is established and it's a plausible repository. Well, do
5: you take the position that um, probable cause extends to every container in the car?
1: Only, Justice O'Connor, with one qualification, and that is that the container has to be capable of holding the object of the search. This Court has given an example of uh, uh, illegal aliens in a van does not give authority to uh, police to search their suitcase or a lawnmower in a, in a briefcase type of affair where it's just physically impossible or for other reasons it's absolutely known that the object of the search won't be there.
5: How, how would your test extend uh, in a fixed, uh, fixed premises? Uh, a building as opposed to a car?
1: I think the nature of a search of the person is going to be the same either. Not search
5: of a person. We're talking about containers, I
1: think. Oh, I'm sorry, Your Honor. Certainly, there's a large body of case law that says when a warrant issues to search a premises, that the the... the Officer may execute that warrant by going to every container on the premises uh, that's capable of holding the object
5: of the search. And if there is no warrant, but there's probable cause to believe contraband is present
1: on a premises, yes, you must get a warrant. I'm having In to
5: automobile. Go- you say once there's probable cause to believe contraband was uh, present for the driver that. It extends, probable cause extends, to allow search of any container that could contain it that's in the car.
1: I would not personally characterize it that way, Justice O'Connor. I think the officer always had probable cause to search the entire car in this particular situation. It's just that it was Mr. Young, the driver, that furnished that probable cause. It didn't, the probable cause didn't exactly start there with Mr. Young and then emanate outwards through the rest of the car. Justice Stevens. Well, but,
6: yeah, I, could I ask you this question? Because, as you pointed out earlier, it, this first time we've gotten into the passenger problem with sure. the Ross-Sosafito line of cases. And I was wondering what your view would be of this, <laughs> this question. Supposing the officer thought he had probable cause, but, in fact, the court would later on decide he didn't. He just he, It was an illegal search of a car that was improperly stopped. Would the passenger in that car have standing to challenge the uh, seizure of something in the front seat, say, a back seat passenger, could, would, the, would the passenger have standing to, to challenge the search, do you think?
1: Well, that's a Rakesh sort of situation, by and large. But if that passenger was not the owner of that property. He's not. Just a deal. Okay. Uh, tells us that a passenger who is not the owner of the car has no legitimate expectation of privacy, in places such as under the seat or in the glove box or, for this example, uh, on the front seat either. So without that legitimate expectation of privacy and without knowing more about the situation, I would say probably not. They wouldn't be able to challenge that.
6: So the the, the passenger would not have standing to challenge the search of the entire car, but the right to search the entire car would include a right to search to invade the passenger's uh, privacy interest in uh, her own purse seems kind of having it heads-eye-win-tails-you-lose.
1: <laughs> well, you, your hypothetical is premised on him actually doing something he had no legal authority to do.
6: Well, see, I'm trying to identify what the, how, you, how you cabin the various interests in privacy, which both determine whether there's a violation on the one hand and also whether there's standing on the other. And it seems to me somewhat inconsistent to say that the privacy interest is insufficient to justify standing, but nevertheless can be invaded invaded, uh, just because you happen to be in the car. That's the question.
1: Well, the reason for the invasion, of course, is, and this won't always be the case, but the reason for the invasion is that the officer had probable cause for the entire vehicle.
7: Mr. Do do I misunderstand you? Surely she would have basis for challenging the search of her purse if there were no probable cause for the whole car. Isn't that right? Certainly. So to the extent she has a personal interest involved, she can challenge. Certainly. In in trying to decide how
2: uh, broadly Ross should be read, I'm thinking of of a possible distinction, and I'd like you to comment on it. Uh, One case in which probable cause would be established generally to search the car would be the case that that Ross read in, in its most narrow sense exemplified. Uh, the driver of the car uh, is exhibiting a certain behavior which indicates that the driver of the car is a drug user, and from that it follows uh, to the requisite extent that there there are probably drugs or paraphernalia in, in the car. The second situation in which it would be fair to say that there was probable cause to search the car would be the situation in which uh, a, a witness whom we will assume to be credible and reliable goes to the police officer and says there are three people sitting over in that car and you know they're they're shooting heroin uh or whatnot. Uh they're having a high old time on, on drugs over there. In the second situation, uh I would suppose there's no question uh the the probable cause relates uh to the car and to everybody in it. Uh, so that every container in the car, uh, whether it belonged to a driver, passenger, or whatnot, uh, would be subject to the, to the probable cause conclusion. In the first instance, however, uh, in which it is only the behavior of the driver and the driver alone which furnishes what we speak of as probable cause to search the car, um, that, in fact, is, is, is not so. Uh, why shouldn't we, in effect, read Ross uh, as, as consistent with that distinction and say that uh, in a case in which probable cause relates to the car and everybody in it, every container, uh, in effect, is, is, is open to search. But when probable cause depends upon the activity of only one person in the car, then although you can generally search the car, You cannot uh, search containers uh, which reasonably appear to belong to somebody else. Why shouldn't we draw that line?
1: Because, um, Justice Souter, you need to take the perspective of the officer involved, first of all. He has established probable cause that contraband is to be found on the premises, uh, whether it's a car residence or whatever, He's established probable cause to believe there's there's contraband on that premises. What he doesn't know is is where it is. It can be in more than one place. Just the fact that there's several people in a car and only one is actually observed using drugs doesn't mean that the others aren't involved. Well, that's right. But if that reasoning is
2: going to be carried, I suppose, to its conclusion, then the officer ought to be able to search the
1: persons of the passengers, which DeRay tells us he may not do. But I think the Fourth Amendment draws a distinct line at search of the person and DeRay. Why? I mean, the standard is probable cause, whether you're searching a person or searching a
2: a, a box.
1: The standard isn't just probable cause for the search of a person. It's probable cause particularized to that person. Now, here, Mr. Young, the driver well, of the Well, are you park, saying
2: that there need be no particularity requirement when you're searching something other than a person? Yes. Uh,
1: what what's I'm your, saying. What's your
2: authority for
1: that? Well, I think Ross says that. Well, but uh, Ross, Ross
2: was not. Yeah, but the question is, should should Ross be read uh, to cover my second situation when, in fact, the facts in Ross uh, uh, go no further than the first
1: situation. It's true. The facts go no further than that, Justice Souter. But the rule announced in Ross... Oh, broad language, no question. The, the, but the question, I mean,
2: the, as I understand it, the question in this case is, is the language to be read as broadly as it was stated? It was, is it to be read broadly enough to cover the second situation? Uh, and if, if your answer is that was the language and I'm going to go on the answer, uh, then I think we still have a question of, of principle to, to wrestle with, and that is whether we really ought to read the language, whether we ought to accept the language as being as, as broad as it was.
1: Your Honor, it's not just the fact that the officer knows a particular individual and in that car has drugs. It's, it, it's that fact coupled with the fact that contraband could be concealed Anywhere in the That's very true, but exactly. It, it
2: could be concealed in the pocket just as well as the purse. And if we accept that reasoning, I don't know how Ray is going to stand, except where we say, stare decisis, we won't look back. But as a matter of principle, I don't see how DeRay can stand. Well, of course, DeRay really isn't involved in this case, but... Well, it will be if we accept your reasoning, I think, because uh, well, there will be an implication, I think, that, that would, would tend to undercut
1: it. Well, I'm not trying to say that the search of the person can occur without individualized probable cause, but I am saying that when a container is located in a place where there is generalized probable cause to search, then that container is subject to search, unlike a person.
3: One of the problems with the line you draw is is that this particular item, a, a lady's purse, contains things that many gentlemen carry in their, in their pockets. So that's why I raise the, if the, if the lady's purse, why not the gentleman's pocket? Is, there, is that a rational line to draw? In tr- if what you're saying is the key is, where might one find contraband?
1: I recognize that situation, Justice Ginsburg. Um, it seems to me the ultimate criteria, though, under any hypothetical or any scenario is going to have to be whether or not a search of the person occurred. Are you sure that a search of
7: a purse is not a search of a person? Suppose a woman's walking down the street. Uh, is there a difference between the officer grabbing her purse? He needs less uh, less probable cause to just grab her purse and look at it than he does to, uh, uh, to conduct a search of her pockets
1: or a frisk search? I think the search of a purse that's being held by somebody uh, is not... The equivalent of a search of the person, the way the search of the, perhaps the women's coat that is being worn at that time would be. The purse can be picked up and put down, it can be left, it can be carried with. Uh, it's not an article of clothing being worn. I would draw the line, uh, Justice Scalia, at, at that point regarding the purse. And again, of course, the officer can't just approach and decide to search the purse because it's not a search of the person, and he can get away with it. He'll need probable cause for that, too.
5: Well, what are the alternatives for the officer in a situation like this? Could he order everyone out of the car and, by the way, leave your purse or any other article in the car, don't take it with you? Is that
1: I believe he could Authorized just — Authorized? I believe he could just — For law Justice law enforcement
5: o- officers? I
1: believe he could, Justice O'Connor.
5: And then what would he have to do if we were not to adopt your view here and he wanted to search the purse uh, and there was no particularized suspicion with regard to this woman's purse? You get a search warrant?
1: Well, a search warrant apparently wouldn't cover it either because — Under Ross, the scope of the automobile search is going to be the same as the scope of a search pursuant to a warrant, and neither one would cover if respondent's rule uh, was adopted. However, in my view, it certainly would have been covered by a warrant, had a warrant issued, but not because the officer had particularized probable cause to the purse, but because the purse was located in a place where the officer did have probable cause to search and that there was uh, a likelihood that the contraband could have been found anywhere.
2: I presume then the same reasoning would extend to a wallet in a man's pocket. And if, uh, if the officer is entitled to, to make the order in, in, that, that you say he is in response to Justice O'Connor, I suppose the officer could say, uh, everybody out of the car, leave your purses and wallets on the seat.
1: Your Honor, I would draw this rather thin but, I think, distinct line at that point and say pulling an item out of your pocket is going to be the functional equivalent of a search of the person. If she I had the had purse in, in her pocket, it would be a different question, right? I believe it would. But
2: not if she was just holding the handle of the purse. That's correct. It's a very thin line. It is a little
1: thin. <laughs> yeah. If I may, I'd like to reserve the balance of my time for report. Very well, Mr.
0: Rehurt. Uh, Ms. You. McDowell, we'll hear from you.
8: Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court. In United States versus Ross, the Court articulated a clear, logical, and easily applied rule. The probable cause to search a car gives the police the authority to search any container in the car that might contain the object of the search. A container should not be exempt from that rule simply because it's owned by a passenger whom the police do not have probable cause to arrest. In many such cases, like this one, a police officer still could reasonably conclude that the object of the search may be found in the passenger's purse or other container.
4: We're, we're probing why uh, this rule doesn't extend to the search of the passenger in the car. It would seem to me almost easier uh, for the driver to say, here, quick, take the drugs to the passenger than to stop and put it, put it in the passenger's purse. Well, why can't we search the passenger, too? Let's say diarrhea is not on the books. is uh, certainly under your, the logic of your position, uh, it would clearly extend to the passenger.
8: Uh, certainly, the logic of our position would tend to extend to a search of the passenger as well. Uh, is, there might be is Di some. Is that wrong press- then? Pardon me.
4: Is that wrong then?
8: Uh, We would conclude that the rationale of DeRay may be incorrect to the extent that it suggests that there's no probable cause to believe that there's uh, contraband on the passenger. However, there would be another rationale to preserve DeRay but to allow the search here, and that would be to recognize that a search of the person is more intrusive for, for Fourth Amendment purposes than a search merely of someone's belongings.
2: But the standard uh, to justify that search is the same whether we're talking about a search of the person or, or a search of a receptacle. I mean, it's still the probable cause standard.
8: That's correct. But the Fourth Amendment also incorporates the concept of what is a reasonable search. And one might be able to say that what's reasonable in the context of property is not reasonable in the context of a personal search. So
2: probable cause to search the person. You're saying perhaps we would have to say there would be probable required probable cause plus something more.
8: Uh, p- perhaps one could say that there needs to be somewhat more individualized suspicion uh, directed at the person in order to conduct a personal search. As opposed I'm to not sure
4: why that is. I'd, I'd much prefer the police officer search my pockets than my briefcase. Uh, maybe that's just idiosyncratic with me, but I. I, I just, <laughs>
8: Perhaps so. also we have raised the possibility that in many circumstances uh, a driver of the car who is clearly involved in illegal activity would have an opportunity um, to store contraband in an innocent passenger's purse. It seems somewhat less likely that um, um, a guilty party could reach into the pocket of a purely innocent party and, and totally unawares deposit um, uh, contraband there it 's somewhat easier to conceive of that happening uh, with respect to a purse or other container that 's not on the person
9: what, what is the basic rule? I find it hard to keep all these complicated rules in mind, so I think maybe police may also find it difficult and others but but suppose you have really probable cause, not some artificial rule, but you really have probable cause to think that there 's a pound of heroin in a car let 's say the police saw the pound of harriman. They tested it. Somebody put it in a car and there it was. The car has been moving. There's been no chance. They've been watching it the whole time. There's no chance it could have been disposed of. Now they stop the car. They know it's in the car. It's not on the driver. There is one passenger. Can you search the passenger, including his billfold?
8: Uh, no, we would say that you cannot, you cannot. search the person under deray, whether you can search the passenger's belongings. Even if you or not, really you have yes.
9: probable cause. Pardon me? Even if you really have probable cause to believe that there is a pound of heroin in the passenger's pocket because there's nowhere else it could possibly be and you know it's there.
8: Oh, it's Even you under it,
9: those circumstances, you cannot search the passenger. That's the law. I'm
8: sorry, I didn't understand your question. Do you believe that it's in the passenger's pocket?
9: Look, I'm saying, you know for sure there's heroin in the car, you know it for sure. Uh-huh. You know for sure it's not on the driver. There's only one place it could be, the passenger. Can you search the passenger? Bulge in his he has a bulge, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly, right. He has a bulge, and you sniff it. It's there.
8: Yes. Yeah, right? um, in that circumstance, uh, you would have individualized probable cause, presumably. I don't
9: know what this means, individualized. I mean, you have probable cause to believe it's in the car. You can't find it anywhere. There's only one place left the passenger. Can you search the passenger?
8: Uh, the model you- code of pre arraignment procedure uh, adopted by the American Law Institute would suggest that you can. Uh, that code uh, adopts the rule that once you have searched everywhere else in the car and you have reason to sp- suspect that it may be on a
6: passenger's hypothetical, person you can
8: search them. Uh, the model code recognizes that that position is somewhat inconsistent with DeRay, however.
2: Why is it inconsistent with DeRay? I mean, in, in Justice Breyer's example, at the point the police would conduct the search of the passenger's pocket, all the, all the facts known to them establish the probability, in quite a literal sense, uh, that the heroin is in the passenger's pocket. Why isn't that a simple garden variety example of having probable cause that points directly to a given person uh, and nothing more than that.
8: Well, there there certainly is a lot of logic to that position. Um, there are not. Which is good for
2: starters. I mean, why isn't the why doesn't the logic why doesn't logic win here?
7: Uh, so the, the 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 next question is what if what if you just have probable cause to believe that there's yes. that there's Thank contraband you. in the car. Yes. You're not certain there's contraband in the car, and you search everywhere else, and, and you don't find it. And then there's the passenger left.
9: Now, is probable cause plus probable cause enough? Uh, That's what's confusing me, of course. I I didn't know there's more of a (laughs) stink than probable (laughs) cause.
6: But the thing that puzzles me, why don't you just arrest him in that hypothetical? You get probable cause to arrest if you get probable cause to believe he's got heroin in his pocket.
8: Uh, They may not always be the same concept. In this case, that might be true. And then you can conduct a a search incident to arrest. We're not aware of circumstances where the automobile exception allowing a warrantless search um, of a car has been extended to persons in the car. But you
2: have an exigent circumstances exception, don't you? If you don't arrest, well, you can do one of two things, I suppose, and, and either of two rules would cover it. You can either arrest, as Justice Stevens says, uh, in which case you can then uh, conduct a search incident to an arrest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or if you don't arrest, I suppose the exigent circumstances exception would apply. I mean, one or the other is going to apply, isn't it?
8: Uh, Probably so, yes, Your Honor, Uh, depending on the uh, degree to which um, uh, one has suspicion focused on the individual at the point that you conduct the arrest or the search.
7: We have to decide all this stuff today.
8: No, Your Honor. Uh, the question here is a relatively simple one involving a, a purse that was left in the car when the passengers got out. So there were possibly difficult line drawing problems involving searches of persons or purses attached to persons that would not need to be reached in this well, case. Well, would you
3: say that it, th- the same question I, I asked uh, First Counsel, uh, if she left the car clutching the bag, would you — See that any differently than if it's a container in the car?
8: No, we wouldn't. Just as when the police are executing a search of a residence, uh, somebody couldn't walk out with a box containing the contraband and be allowed to walk away free, we would say that because the purse was in the car, uh, at the time well, What is the your answer to the, uh, uh, the warrant
6: situation. to search a house and the, the woman's in the house with her purse? She doesn't live there. She's just a guest. Can you search her purse then? Yes. You can? Yes. Is any case court held that?
8: Uh, yes, the D.C. Circuit, among others, the Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin Supreme Court Are there
6: Wisconsin any contrary holdings?
8: Um, other courts uh, have adopted a somewhat different standard that looks at the relationship between the owner of the purse and uh, the residence. They have said that a mere guest or passerby's objects cannot be searched, but they have said somebody in the nature of an overnight guest, somebody who is found there late at night, a business associate. Do they more or less law? correlate
6: yes. it to the kind of person who would have standing to object to the search of the whole house? The overnight guest on the one hand and the trench on the other? No,
8: that distinction hasn't been drawn. So conceivably, a, a person who would not have standing to challenge the search of the whole house could nonetheless have her own property searched. Obviously, she would have standing with respect to her own purse. Uh, we further suggest that the um, test that was suggested by the Wyoming Supreme Court would be very difficult for the police to apply in the often uh, difficult, even dangerous conditions of a traffic stop, it would require many factual inquiries that uh, might be exceedingly unworkable to conduct. In addition, that test provides no really principled protection of a passenger's privacy.
3: Why is it so hard to apply? Because at least as I read the decision, it said when they find out, they, they say, is this your purse? She says, yes. She's a passenger. They stop. I don't see why it's hard to apply.
8: Oh, for one thing, Justice Ginsburg, uh, the police shouldn't have to accept a person's word that a particular purse is hers, um, a, a person who would well, want to they, be the that's — I
3: don't — as I understood the Wyoming Supreme Court, they said they — the police found what was in her driver's license, so they know that it's her purse. So if, if that's the line, they know that it belongs to the passenger. That's not a hard line to administer. There may be other reasons to reject it. <laughs>
8: But I answer the question, Your Honor. There are additional inquiries that would have to be conducted, inquiries as to uh, exactly how much particularized suspicion there is as to the passenger um, questions about whether an opportunity existed to hide contraband in the passenger's purse immediately before the stop, which the Wyoming Supreme Court would allow.
0: Thank you, Ms McDonald. Uh, Ms Demoncus.
10: Mr. Chief Justice, may it please the Court. Wherever a man may be, he is entitled to know he will be free from unreasonable searches and seizures. That is the language from Katz versus the United States, where this Court said the Fourth Amendment protects people, not places. This Court has also said that it is the owner of the container who is protected under the Fourth Amendment. The Wyoming Supreme Court recognized these rulings when it adopted the notice test. In the first instance of the notice test, if the officer knows or reasonably knows that the container to be searched does not belong to the person whom they have probable cause to search, they cannot search it.
0: Well, uh, Ms. Demogus, the uh, Wyoming Supreme Court certainly did not follow the language in Ross here, did it, in our Ross decision.
10: It did follow the language in Ross. I, I,
0: I thought Ross said that you know, probable cause extends to any container in the car.
10: The, the scope of the Ross holding was that the scope, I, I the scope say, of the search. I'm yeah,
0: sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead.
10: The scope of the search is that where wherever the officer has probable cause to believe the contraband may be concealed, and there was no reason to believe the officer in this case had probable cause. But,
0: well, but didn't it say it extended to any container in the automobile?
10: Yes. It, Roth introduced a bright-line rule. Yeah,
0: and the reason it introduced a bright-line rule was because lawyers and courts have been hopelessly confused by some of our earlier decisions, which parsed this thing to a fairly well. Uh, Chadwick about whether the trunk was in the car and who saw it when, Sanders, the same thing. Ross straightened out a lot of those things. And I'm concerned if we follow the Wyoming Supreme Court, we're just going to get right back into that same case-by-case thing where people never knew what the answer was.
10: Ross, the Brightline rule in Ross was, was that all containers could be searched. The Wyoming Supreme Court notice test still carries the presumption that all containers within a vehicle where there is probable cause to believe contraband may be concealed can be searched unless they know or have reason to know that the container they want to search belongs to someone they do not have probable cause to search.
4: Unless the suspect had immediate access to that object before the search. Isn't that another exception?
10: That's another exception. Also, that that
4: it's not as straightforward even as you've just stated it.
10: But it's still in compliance with this court's holdings. In Zerchner versus Stanford Daily, they said that if the, cop ha- or the officer has reason to believe that evidence is concealed, they may still search a third party. So once again, it's in compliance with this court's precedent that there has to be some kind of probable cause, some reason to believe that this container contains evidence. In this case, the officer was searching for evidence of Mr. David Young's drug usage. There was no indication that that drug usage evidence was going to
3: be in Sandra Houghton's purse. Would the case have come out differently if the prosecutor hadn't made a point of saying that you know, we kept our eye on that car and we we know that there was no opportunity to just slip this into her purse? So she's responsible.
10: Yes. It's possible the outcome would have been different. But since we have evidence in this case that says from the officer who testified that the car was under surveillance the entire time and there was no chance for David Young to slip any evidence into Sandra Houghton's purse, there was no reason to believe that his possession crime would be, evidence of this crime would be in her purse.
9: That isn't actually what they said. I thought that what they said on the facts is that after the officer shined the lights. Nobody slipped anything into the purse. But they'd been driving together for we we don't know how long. I mean, that's what I don't understand about this case. Why isn't there probable cause to believe it was in the purse? You have a person with a syringe in his pocket. He says he's a drug user. He's driving along. If you think he has drugs, why wouldn't you think there'd be drugs in the car? And an obvious place to put them would be in a purse. If you're a drug user, you don't have people driving in the car when your syringe is exposed unless you trust them. I mean, why doesn't that at least give probable cause to search the purse if that makes a difference?
10: This court has already rejected a similar argument in Sobron v. New York where they said that the mere association with a drug addict, and this was a person or a case where the person was associating with these drug addicts for approximately 8 hours throughout a day and this court said that was not enough to presume that this person was also involved with drugs the fact that sandra houghton was in this vehicle with someone that is possibly a known drug addict cannot rise to that level of probable cause unless the officer see something
0: didn't she give a false name to the officers
10: yes she did but the officer didn't know this until he did breach
0: doesn't, doesn't that suggest that the idea of identifying who's who in a car is, is not going to be all that straightforward? I mean, to say, you know, she says it's her purse. Well, if she, give, if she can give a false name, she can probably make a false statement that it's her purse, too.
10: Yes, she could make a false statement. But in this case, we have an officer who made the determination. He made the determination that he had probable cause to search a vehicle because of probable cause on David Young. He also said that he knew the purse did not belong to David Young and that he did not have probable cause on Sandra Houghton.
9: Suppose he did. Would, that, would, would you then lose or not?
10: I'm sorry, suppose?
9: Suppose, after reading Serrano and so forth, I thought, well, to me anyway, he does have probable cause to search the purse. It makes a lot of sense. Suppose I thought that. I'm just saying this hypothetically. Then do you lose or not? I'm not sure. I'm asking because I'm not sure. If he had probable cause to search the purse what 's the right analysis?
10: Yes, if he had probable cause to search the purse then then that's it. then he had probable cause to search the purse, and the actions of the officer would have been in compliance with this court. But if, they
9: ha- if he had probable cause to search her he couldn't do it according to the government
10: no, I believe if he had probable cause to search her, yeah. he would have had probable cause to search her personal effects
9: but he couldn't have searched her without arresting her or something. And- Forget it, forget it. As I understand you, I, I think I'm
4: right about this. Suppose in the back seat the officer sees a tote bag, a gym bag, a man's lunch box, a, a brown paper sack, a Gucci bag, and a purse. As I understand it, your position is he can search everything but the purse?
10: Yes, Your Honor. If The facts are the same as in this case where you have a male driver, two female passengers, and there's no reason to believe that he has secreted something within the purse. Because the indication there at that point is that the purse does not belong to David Young. It would be the same as if there is a briefcase. And of course,
6: if that's the
4: rule that we make, then probably the best place for this man to put it would be in the purse.
10: It is possible that that is the way that he could have done it. But there would have to be some reason to believe that he did before, this, before he would be allowed to. unlikely
3: that a man who's driving around with a syringe sticking out of his pocket is going to be conscious of <laughs> hiding things. Yes. Now, I, I'm not sure I understand well, what, if there was a question. Well, the question was I mean, maybe he transferred it before the lights were on the vehicle. At least in this scenario, this was a terribly careless Man. <laughs> yes. But, once again, if he had
10: transferred something before the officer had shined the light or before he started observing, then he would have no reason to believe that the evidence had been secreted within this purse.
9: Suppose I wanted the simplest rule on the ground that this is a borderline case. It is borderline, I think, and it's quite complex. What's the simplest rule? I mean, what they're arguing is that a container is a container. That's the end of it. That's simple. Now, what would you say?
10: The, the rule would be that when there is only one person within a vehicle, if you have probable cause to search the vehicle, you may search all containers within the vehicle. If there is a passenger present and you know the item you want to search belongs to the passenger, then you cannot search unless you have probable cause to search the passenger. That would
9: go for trunks, large cardboard boxes, valises, chicken coops, whatever, the the passenger says, oh, this all belongs to me. He says, well, this is all mine. It's not the driver's. And then that's it. You can't
3: search it.
10: Yes, because there would be no probable cause, and this Court has rec- Well, There's are you saying cause. that
3: the passengers say so is enough? I mean, the, the, the reason this person was identified was that there was an ID card with her name and her picture on it. So the, as I understood the Wyoming, Wyoming Supreme Court, it's not enough that the passenger says, yeah, that gym bag is mine, or whatever? There has
10: to be objective criteria that indicates that it belongs to the passenger. In this case, the officer said he didn't believe it belonged to David Young because he was male and this was a purse, and so it would belong to one of the passengers who were female.
2: So the presumption is that a container in the car belongs to the driver unless there is affirmative evidence to show the contrary. That would be your rule. That's
10: correct. That's correct. And that evidence can come in many ways, uh, initials on a briefcase. So if you have someone asserting ownership over the briefcase and the initials on the briefcase do not
0: Well, that, that kind of discriminates in favor of rich people in a way, doesn't it? <laughs> if you can afford to have initials put on your briefcase, you can avoid search. But if you just have a, something that doesn't have your initials on it, you can't?
10: That, I'm just saying there is objective criteria to look for, and that could be one of them.
0: Even I
2: have initials on my briefcase, Mr. Chief.
0: (laughs) But the, uh, the, the, the statement of the passenger that this belongs to me would not be sufficient?
10: In most instances, not.
0: Well, what instances would it be? You say in most instances it wouldn't be.
10: In instances like in this case, where we have the belief of the officer that it did not belong to the driver. He had some criteria that he looked at, and he said it did not belong to the driver.
6: Well, if you got a male driver and two female passengers, I suppose you'd think the purse didn't belong to the driver.
10: That's correct. Yeah. And so that, with claiming ownership from Sondra Houghton, is enough to, s- to say, okay, this item does not belong to the driver, it belongs to the passenger, now you must have probable cause to search the passenger before it you have to have the probable cause before the search can
3: commence. See, suppose this police officer, instead of just saying, "Is this your purse?" Yeah, well he said, "Is this your purse?" She says, "Yes." He says, "Mind if I search it?" That's a familiar scenario. Yes, it is. And and the answer is often yes.
10: And if there is a yes answer that he can search it, then he has consent to search and there would be no, no problem with the validity of the search.
9: Well, she left the bag too. I mean, most, most people, when they have a bag, I think a, a woman who has a bag normally just takes it with her, and she left it in the car. So the officer's thinking, look, uh, here, <laughs> he has a syringe hanging out. He says he's a drug user. She's been driving with him, I don't know how long. There's a bag right in the back seat, and she leaves it in the car. Now, does that amount to probable cause to search the bag?
10: No, Your Honor. And the reason for that is because there's no indication that this was a voluntary leaving the bag in the car. We also don't want to encourage them to be grabbing for these kind of um, items while they're getting out of the car because then that's going to pose a a safety problem for the officer. And and so it is probably, like I said, and the record does not disclose that this was an actual voluntary leaving of the, the bag within there. She was ordered out of the car. The state's argument, and the, what they are asking this court to do, is to carve out an exception to the probable cause requirement that this court has held is always necessary before a search can happen, whether it be under the automobile exception, where all that has been re, uh, the, all that has changed with the automobile exception. Well, is — I had thought it was a fairly straightforward application of
5: Ross, but you don't agree with. Me. No,
10: I do agree with that. I do agree that because there is probable cause required before the officer may search, this is the application of Ross.
0: Well, but I think it's you who are w- wanting to carve, carve out the exception from the language of Ross, which says that any container in the car can be searched when there's probable cause. You're saying no in the case, case of a passenger. So I think the exception carving is, is, is the Wyoming <coughs> Supreme Court and not your opponent's.
10: Your Honor and I would disagree because of the fact that, just like you said with the Ross holding, probable cause is required. And in this holding, the Wyoming Supreme Court said there was no probable cause to believe the evidence was going to be found in her personal effects. Well,
0: but that's, that's an inquiry that was superseded uh, uh, under Ross. I mean, you no longer had to make that sort of an inquiry when there was probable cause uh, to search the car, you could search any container in the car, and, and so what the Wyoming Supreme Court here said is, no, that's not that's not quite true when you have a passenger.
10: Ross did not have any passengers, so we really we don't really know what would have happened had Ross had a passenger. But the fact remains that Ross requires probable cause to search, and also Ross also identified the fact that it's the owner of the container who is protected. And the owner of this container was Sandra Houghton. She is the one protected by the Fourth Amendment. And that protection is that unless there is probable cause, the search is unreasonable.
6: Well, the, one of the problems with the Ross opinion is it also said the search of the car should be coextensive with the um, search that would be authorized if you had a warrant with probable cause. But the problem is I don't think the Court has ever decided whether even if you had a warrant, a house or whatever it is, you could search an individual's purse who happens to be within the place described in the warrant. I think that's an open question, and that's why Ross doesn't completely answer it.
10: That is correct. Yeah. And we have to take a look at what would have happened if this officer had sought a warrant. I believe David Young possesses drugs because he had a syringe, and he admits to taking drugs. I also know that in this vehicle was a passenger, Sandra Houghton, and she has a purse I have no reason to believe he hid this any evidence of his drug usage in her purse and i have no probable cause to believe she is involved with any illegal activity would a warrant be issued in that circumstance and i don't believe it would be and so under ross is
6: whether the warrant would be issued the question is whether if the warrant is issued describing the car whether that warrant would authorize the search of a particular person who happens to be in the car a person's purse or whatever it is and the same question with, for a house and part of the problem is we've never decided it
10: and that, that is true yeah. I guess we can look to Yabara, which is the same thing that the Wyoming support, Supreme Court did yeah. and they said here is a warrant that was issued but there was no reason to believe that Yabara was involved with criminal activity yeah. and so the okay. warrant would not extend but that, that to was
0: the search of a person was it not Ybarra.
10: yes it was the search of a person
0: And it it had nothing to do with an automobile.
10: No, it did not. No, it did not. It's just looking at the analogy of what a warrant that was issued would allow. And in Ybarra, it would not allow this search because the officer didn't have any reason to believe, no probable cause to believe this person was involved with criminal activity.
6: Of course, the bright-line Brightline rule in Ross didn't didn't really last all that long because it was changed in Acevedo a dramatic
9: change in the rule in that case
10: yeah. yes in in that case we then had the probable cause just on the container that was in place within in the vehicle why
9: isn't that true here why, the purse i mean it's still i can't get over the fact that perhaps it's just my own odd way of looking at the world but but I, that it would be an obvious thing for a drug addict driver to put the drugs in this purse which is right next to them or nearby now you're saying there's no way in that situation that the law permits a search of the purse. I, I'm not saying Ms. Houghton was involved, but it just seems logical that he could have put it there. So don't we have probable cause for the purse, though not necessarily for the person?
10: And that is the second part of the notice test. If you have reason to believe that the evidence has been secreted within this purse, you can search it.
9: And, and is it not? But I see. All right, we're back. In, yeah.
10: I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
9: Why was there
0: not reason to believe that it might have been secreted in the purse?
10: The officer said he kept the vehicle under surveillance from the time that he observed the speeding and the taillight. He kept it under observance from that time period until he stopped. Once he stopped, he placed the light on the interior of the vehicle, and he said he saw no movements.
0: Well, but uh, would he necessarily see a movement while he was following the thing? I mean, it doesn't
9: take much to simply hand something from the front seat to the back seat.
10: He testified he saw no movements.
9: But what about putting it there before he saw it? Yeah. I mean, we're back in circles, but your answer to that was simply there's a Supreme Court case that says it isn't probable cause.
10: Just right? to be associated yeah. with drug addicts. And that's either. all that you would have at that point. Oh. At any time prior to his observance.
0: It quite conform to common sense. In, in my view, I think that's what Justice Breyer is saying. You know, this uh, going, going on, if I may be forgiven for, for the expression, going around Robin Hood's barn to figure out what was going on when it seems perfectly com- common sense to say this guy was spotted for, a, for an offense. He was being followed by the police. He had a syringe in his pocket. If he was going to put his drugs somewhere, he's going to put them in some container in the car. What's wrong with that just as a matter of common sense? That's where I started. Well,
6: what's wrong is that they didn't find him guilty of possessing drugs. He had an empty syringe. (laughs) He didn't have any drugs.
10: The other thing, too, is that we have no indication that Sondra Houghton did know about this syringe. The officer who approached this vehicle had a better vantage point to see within the pocket of the driver.
0: But couldn't he have grabbed her purse, perhaps without her knowledge?
10: It is possible that it could have happened, yes. But the officer did not have any reason to believe that happened.
0: Well, why did he need to have any more reason to believe the guy had a syringe, presumably he had drugs somewhere, and there were containers in the car? Well, why didn't that give him a probable cause to search the containers?
10: Absent any actual knowledge that this happened, it is just a presumption that it could have happened. And since the owner is the one that is protected, we have to look at how we are going to protect Sandra Houghton. And there was no probable cause to search her, and there was no...
0: She turned out that the, the, there were drugs in her purse, were there not?
10: That is correct. That is correct, there were.
0: But they were
6: her drugs, not his. I mean they, they're not there's no indication they were placed in the purse by the driver they just she happened to have drugs and it's just a, you know they just that stumbled on this really. in fact, she probably planted the pipe on him
10: <laughs> always possible yes
9: was, is that is that the case I hadn't taken that in that they, were, they were they weren't his drugs
10: she actually disclaimed ownership
9: of she said of, they weren't mine
10: yes of some of the drugs that were within her purse but she did yeah, claim but the jury ownership didn't of believe some. that she
9: but, also gave a false name
3: Yes, she did. Yes, she did. The driver and the other passenger were clean as far as the police were concerned. She was the only one prosecuted. Is that,
10: that is correct.
3: That is correct. They
10: let uh, Mr. Young and the other passenger go that evening, and they did not place him under arrest or the other passenger. She was the only one placed under arrest that evening.
6: Did they search her purse? And actually, the other passenger was in the middle, wasn't she? That is correct. And and she her, was her purse searched, too?
10: I am not aware that uh, if it was or whether she even had.
6: The purse. record doesn't tell us because, ironically, you would think if he was going to put him on, in the purse, he put him in the woman next to him rather than the one over by the door.
10: That is correct. <laughs> but, that is what correct.
9: happened in respect? There was something in respect that there's some reference to her trying to give the impression it wasn't her purse, wasn't there? What was that about? No,
10: there were three wallets-type yeah. containers within the purse, and those were where the contraband were found. Now, the first one that was pulled out, she said, "That is not mine." And then another one was pulled out, and she said, that one is mine. So she did claim ownership even of the contraband that was pulled out of the the, uh, purse. But she disclaimed ownership of part of the contraband that was pulled out of the purse. The Fourth Amendment requires probable cause. And in this case, there was no probable cause to search the passenger. The Wyoming Supreme Court ruling is consistent with this Court's holdings in Ross and Acevedo, which require probable cause before a container can be searched. The State is asking this Court to carve out an exception to the probable cause requirement and say your mere presence in a vehicle is enough to search your personal effects as long as there is probable cause for the vehicle generally.
9: i ask you one other detail. I'm sorry. On the fact, are we objecting, are you objecting to the search of the purse or the wallet in the purse?
10: We are objecting to the search of the of the purse. Mm-hmm. It would also be an objection to searching anything within the purse as well.
3: But only from the point when they knew that it was hers and not uh, Young's.
10: That is correct. Without probable cause, this search should never have happened. And we are asking this Court to affirm the ruling of the Wyoming Supreme Court when they adopted the notice test that required probable cause before a passenger could be searched, or in the alternative, if they have reason to believe that a container is still concealing the contraband that they can then um, search it. Both of these ideologies are consistent with this court's rulings. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mrs. Uh Mr. Reherk, you have a minute
1: remaining. Thank you, Your Honor. I would just ask the Court, unless it has questions, to envision a group of officers in the middle of the night in Wyoming standing around for 60 minutes, as just happened here, trying to figure out whether they can search the purse in the back of the car, and ask that this Court overrule the Wyoming Supreme Court and apply Ross to this situation. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. The case is. Sub- The Honorable Court is now adjourned until tomorrow at 10 o'clock.